Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo! <laughs> Gremlins, gremlins, oh gremlins, oh we're talking about gremlins, <laughs> Nikki's so excited, you have no fucking idea, it's taking everything I have to be calm, <laughs> it's not working, this is calm, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh boy, I, have... <laughs> I saw it for the first time this week, God. we're mm-hmm. talking about gremlins, we're talking about gremlins, I saw gremlins on a first date once, when you were like seven no <laughs> recently <laughs> oh i thought you meant like i saw gremlins for my first date no, the first time i saw no, gremlins no, no. okay i, I was had like, like a first date not that long ago like two years ago nice nice he nice. did try to get handsy during gremlins no. and i had to go no no <laughs> gremlins is on <laughs> and this is mickey's time and then i just told him to go yeah <laughs> get the scoot and he didn't like gremlins as much as he should have he's like you can leave you can go we're talking about gremlins. Oh my god. I'm so excited. Uh, we do have my sweet giz- my gizmo here. My sweet boy. I do have a little replica of gizmo. And also a onesie. I do have a gizmo onesie. I was going to wear it, uh-huh. but I didn't want to walk from my house to yours <laughs> in it. Because <laughs> it's a relatively nice day. People are out. And... We, I shouldn't be ashamed. We but. drove back to your house to get the notes. You I almost you grabbed co- it. Okay. I but I didn't want to be judged. <laughs> Let's get to the facts mm-hmm. about gremlins. Okay. Nikki Sorry. first saw gremlins at age seven and it impacted them in ways you can't imagine. <laughs> Fun fact, I did used to rent gremlins too from Blockbuster like every weekend. Every weekend I'd be like, um, gremlins two, please, please for, for me. <laughs> Do you have Adam's family Do values? You Adam's family values? <laughs> every time I would hear that jo- joke from him, mm-hmm. I'd be like, that's me, but with gremlins yep. too. Yep. <laughs> okay. This movie was made in 1984. It was directed by Joe Dante. He's also done Piranha, The Howling, The Burbs, Gremlins 2, The New Batch, Matinee, and Small Soldiers. Small Soldiers is the movie about toys that... Yes. Yeah, is that a weird one? Yeah. That's a weird movie. It is very weird. But, um, yeah, so he specifically does, like, cartoon comedy horror movies, like, mm-hmm. specifically mixed. So it says he's often mixes 1950s-style B-movies with mm-hmm. cartoon comedy. Love it. Yeah. I've... Only seen Gremlins, Gremlins 2, and, uh, well, I guess I have seen Small Soldiers, but it's been so long that I think I've blocked it out of my memory. That's fair. And I've seen The Burbs. Mm. The Burbs is good. Uh, It was written by Chris Columbus. And uh, not Christopher Columbus, Kate. (laughs) I know the difference. Just to be clear, Kate did not think that Christopher Columbus wrote this, but I was pretending that she did. Um, yeah, so for some reason, it was written by Chris Columbus, but I wrote a bunch of facts about him directing. So huh. get ready. Okay. His directorial debut was, was Adventure. <laughs> yeah, was Inven- Adventures in Babysitting <laughs> and Home Alone, Home Alone 2. And he also directed the first two Harry Potter movies and Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief. Yes. And then he wrote The Goonies, Young Sherlock Holmes, Heartbreak Hotel, and like a bunch of other movies. 
Yeah, he is on my shit list because of Percy Jackson. No, really? Yeah, he ruined that movie. Oh, like, did he? I am okay. I don't know. I know if, nothing about it, but I knew that you were either gonna love or hate that fact. Yeah, I hate it. And like, I've had oh, him. Boy. I. Okay, this is something I may not have told you before. I was the opinions editor for my high school paper. Okay. Surprise, surprise! I never have opinions, and I did write a movie review for the features section. Uh oh. On uh, the Percy Jackson adaptation of the book. Oh shit. Do you know what I called it? No. The half-aborted brain child of Chris Columbus. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah. You, Chris Columbus, you've been put on blast. And the uh, vice principal of my school was like chilling at lunch, and he like had someone come over to me and be like, "Hey, you know, Fry wants to see you." And I was like, "This is not good." This I walked can't be over, good. and he was like, "I read your review." And I was like, "Yeah," and he was like. My son loves that book. Should I not take him to see the movie? And I was oh like, god. you should not. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Well, apparently it's bad. It's I don't know anything about it because I haven't read the book. But I won't launch into all the reasons it's bad. But the only thing that lasted from the book to the movie is the characters' names. Everything else, including the plot, was changed. I hate when they do that. Mm-hmm. Why? What's the point then? It was ah, wild. But Chris Columbus, shit list. I'm really mm-hmm. sorry. Yep. But that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Cinematography was John Hora. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also did The Howling, Gremlins 2, Explorers, and Matinee. So worked a lot with um, Chris Columbus. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, I didn't get a lot of information on him, but yeah, those are the movies he did. Uh, music, we've talked about this many a time. This is music by Jerry Goldsmith. He did The Mummy, five episodes of Star Trek, Logan's Run, a bunch more, Alien, and Poltergeist. So we've talked about him. Yes. <laughs> He's covered quite a, a few movies that we've we've done. Uh, now here's the budget. Uh, they had $11 million. Mm. Do you know how much it made? I do know it was one of the highest grossing films of that year. Oh, yup. But they also released the Christmas movie in July. Yes. Which was interesting. Odd. Uh, odd And it was uh, released the same weekend as like another movie that was ridiculously popular. Yeah. 50 million. 212.9 million. Wait, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) Gremlins was a success. A little bit. For good reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 212.9 million. Holy fucking shit. I don't know. It didn't say if that was like first weekend or if that was like. I'm guessing that's over the time. I would guess it's full run. If that's first weekend, fucking hell. But no, I think that's its entire run. Um, Now I have just some fun facts. Gremlins is one of the reasons that a PG 13 rating was created. Uh huh. Uh huh. (laughs) That in Indiana Jones, Mm -hmm. Temple of Doom, and Poltergeist. Because people were like. Um, no. Because Spielberg kept saying, look what you let me do, and you Pretty shouldn't much. have. Because uh, yeah. people kept like yelling at him, and he was like, listen, you told me I could do it. Yeah. Speaking of, mm-hmm. the original script was much darker. Yeah. One scene that was cut was Billy's mother being killed by the gremlins and her head being thrown down the stairs when mm-hmm. Billy entered the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was also a scene that was cut where they ate Billy's dog. Yeah. So this could be so much worse. Mm-hmm. Let's be thankful that we got the microwave gremlin and not everything else. Yeah, because people are like, oh my God, it's so dark. And they're like, it could have been darker. Um, Howie Mandel was the voice of Gizmo. There we are. Okay. Right, right. So there you go. Uh, there was an earlier attempt at using actual monkeys before they chose puppetry. Okay. They ended up not doing it. Because they had a gremlin mask on a monkey, and the monkey did not enjoy that. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. So, so it was like because they got attacked by monkeys is why they decided not they to. Quickly, they decided no, 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 no monkeys, no monkeys. 
but yeah, it was almost almost monkey. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, puppets were created by Chris Wallace, uh, Return of the Jedi, E.T., The Fly, and a bunch of others. Okay. So he did like a lot of special effects. Um, he actually won an Oscar for The Fly. Uh, so here's another fun fact. To appease the crew, because the gizmo puppet was so hard to work with and there were so many, and because he had the most kind of like electronics within him to make him move so much, he would break a lot. He was like the most complicated one. And so to appease the crew, they included the scene where the gremlins, the gremlins throw darts at gizmo because it was included because they had it on a list known as horrible things to do to gizmo. <gasps> oh my God. So the crew just had a running list of all the bad things they wanted to do to this gizmo puppet because they were pissed. And I so they it. were like, can you please include this scene? And so that's why the dart scene is in yep. From someone that did work on crew for just high school theater. Just, I know the props that you hate, the yeah. costumes that you hate. So, because he had like a lot. There were some puppets that were literally connected to certain set pieces that were yeah. like, that one doesn't move. There were big ones. They had to make like oversized puppets. Yeah. That moment where the um, he multiplies for the first time, mm-hmm. he's like really big. Yeah. But they're obviously scaled down, yeah. which is why they had to make like fake food. So the scene where all the um, mogwais are eating after midnight, mm-hmm. they're really big, but they're scaled. The food is scaled down. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're big pieces to make them look small. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them were actually marionettes. Oh. Yeah. So like when they had to do close-ups and stuff of certain scenes like of the gremlins or of the mogwais they would do marionettes because they could get more like emotion out of them yeah and more movement than when they're you know like automated so okay those are my fun facts that's really cool about gremlins. yeah i was like the puppet stuff was really cool yeah. i especially thought it was funny how much they hated poor giz because yeah. he's the cutest thing I would lay down my life for him. <laughs> I would do anything for Gizmo. I love Gizmo so much. I love him so much. I have talked about this before a little bit, but I've told you about my pirate anxiety, right? Yes, and it was that you were afraid you would never get to be a pirate. Which still hasn't come true, so I was right to yeah. be afraid. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch like Pirates of the Caribbean too much because I would get too upset. My parents called it like pirate anxiety because I would watch pirates and then get really sad yeah same with this every time i watch it i am devastated that they're not real yeah i get it like i get it like i couldn't handle the responsibility but i still love them and i wish that they were real i'm sorry it's that cute aggression like i see Mm -hmm. him and i'm like Mm -hmm. i don't know what to do like he's so cute that i just want to scream yeah but that's how i feel about this movie and gizmo that's fair. And I know I have to summarize it. <laughs> a dad steals the show. I'm ready. Yeah, honestly, a dad brings home a pet for his young son, who is 100% not ready for the responsibility of said pet and accidentally destroys his town because of it. I would like to say, in Billy's defense, oh. none of that was his fault. He did not spill the water on That him. is true. He did get Gizmo in the bright, like, multiple times, though. Yes. He, he definitely did. Like, that was the least harmful thing in true. terms of, like, devastating the town. Yeah, true. All the things oh, that God. occurred were not directly his fault, where Pete or Peter or whatever the neighborhood kid spills the water on Gizmo. He does. That's and true. And the gremlins chew, like, the cord on his oh, clock yeah, so that right. they trick him into feeding them after midnight. So literally, 
none of the things until he decided to take it to the science teacher and make Gizmo replicate or make the other gremlins replicate. That, that was bullshit. I was like, this is not okay. He also didn't call the pol- We'll get to it. We'll talk about horror. But like, I can't get over how Bill- this shit went down and Billy was just like, well, shit. <laughs> he doesn't do much. No. I still don't think he was ready. In oh, my he heart wasn't. of hearts. He, and even the guy was like, you're not ready yet. And I was no. like, no. He like, Hundo P was not ready, but I also don't think that the cascade of dominoes that it's led to mass trauma, fault. it wasn't started with him. I'll blame the dad instead. Okay. 100%. I, I think that's very fair because yeah. he was very much like American. I can get whatever I want I for want money. I want so I'm taking it. I'm going to like fetishize your I mean, that little kid did say like, hey, later. go wait outside and I'll bring it to you. But still, But that I was been after like, the dad kept like trying to bribe them with more money. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> Sweet is. It all comes back to that. It just all like comes back to just sweet is. I he didn't deserve this, you know. Poor boy. Love no. him. All right. I you. Kate played some videos before. I know it's not nerd corner yet, but I just want to say that you played some videos before, and I'm so confused how the hell they're gonna match up. Yeah, if it helps, none of them are actually related to what oh. I'm gonna cover. I was <laughs> the activist that I quote later was in one of those videos. Oh. And the video was a compilation of a bunch of people sta- tearing down racist, like, statues. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. So it was, like, tearing down Confederate statues. This activist tore down the Confederate flag in South yeah. Carolina, I think. Yeah, if you sing it, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay, so, I, real yeah. summary, yeah. and then I'm excited to see how okay. this person ties in. A gadget salesman is looking for a special gift for his son and finds one at a store in Chinatown. The shopkeeper is reluctant to sell him the mogwai, but sells it to him with the warning to never expose him to bright light, water, or feed him after midnight. All of this happens, and the result is a gang of gremlins that decide to tear up the town on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I mean, fair. That's, yeah. Yeah. Oh. That was Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. It was yeah. very, like, right to the point and, like, yeah. didn't have a lot of fluff. No. Which usually I feel like they, they fluff it up, you know? Yeah, and I think in the Rotten Tomatoes tradition, they are kinder to the protagonists. 100%. And they're like, oh, and he warns him not to. I'm like, no, 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 he didn't want to sell it at all. <laughs> I, oh my god, I love, I gotta hold him. Yeah. Hey, boy. Is it just me or is Gizmo's wine glass a little lower? I think he had some. I think he oh had some. Oh my god, he's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> we did put a wine glass in front of Gizmo and we cheers. Because yeah. we all had wine. Uh-huh. He is my baby. I don't know if son. I can do nerd quarter when he's looking all right, at me like all right. that. I mean, I, I love Does him he make so you nervous? Much. No, he, he's just the cute aggression is overwhelming. Look at his little feet. <laughs> Look at his little feet. <laughs> okay, we gotta put him down. We gotta put him down. He's too cute. Okay. I'm ready. I had no fucking clue what I was gonna cover initially. Nerd <laughs> 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 corner. Because I had we are never... <laughs> off to a strong start. Yeah. I had never seen Gremlins until this week, and <laughs> I had no idea what I was in for. I knew the basic premise was Really cute creatures fed after midnight and becomes monster. Yeah. That was the extent of my previous knowledge. A wild ride for you. I only knew that. I did not expect it to be so darkly humorous or really dark at all. I thought it was going to be a lighthearted, playful romp with a few tense moments. I actually wrote an article about how scary this movie is. Ooh. (laughs) Kind of. Not an article, but I named it like... 20 times that Gremlins was way scarier than you anticipated it would be. Oh, that's amazing. And it was just 20 times that I was like, that should not be in this. But it is. It's dark as shit. So, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. I was quite wrong in what I expected. So I'm going to read you a few notes that I took while watching as I had a series of realizations. Hell yeah. 
they're mostly to do with Mrs. Deagle. Oh, Mrs. Deagle. I do also have the note. Let me find this. It's, um, I guessed in advance what I thought the topics could be okay. for Nerd Corner. Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Crimes against children of the 80s. Gifts gone bad. Okay. Literally no idea. <laughs> that was my list of four. <laughs> so that was the top. But then, as I was watching it, I had these revelations. So, one, Mrs. Deagle always cuts in line. She hates dogs and loves capitalism. Mm-hmm. Gizmo got stuck in a flag. That has to say something about American capitalism. <laughs> Kopec, Drachma, her cats are currency names. She really is the epitome of capitalist fetishizing. Old Dollar Bill is another one of her cats. Old Dollar Bill? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I'm ready to say it. Gremlins is a communist movie. I fucking love this. They do... Okay, we'll get into it. Talk about it. I'm so excited. And then in the last five minutes, is Gremlins the climate justice movie? So first off, I want to address that last note. (laughs) Regrettably, I do not believe Gremlins to be the singular climate justice movie. I know Spielberg was really gunning for that in the 80s, but it's a miss for me. Sad. I know. So we're not going to focus on climate change this time around. This time. I know that you really anticipated that. Honestly, I'm surprised you're not covering it, but it's fine. Sometimes I like to be surprised. We are going to talk about capitalism, consumerism, and the stereotypical American Christmas. I'm so happy that you said it's a communist movie. Because while watching it, I was like, yeah, everyone hates the rich in this movie. I love this. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, <laughs> eat the rich, baby. Eat the rich. I know people love talking about capitalism and isn't controversial at all. No, no. No. So we're just going to start with some basic definitions. So <laughs> I was like, I need to get like an economics thing. But then all of the things that I pulled up were like in the best system in the world. Like, <laughs> it was just all very like pro-capitalist. Ew. And so... It's, it is truly impossible to find something that impartially views capitalism. Right. And so I pulled two different definitions. Okay. One from Encyclopedia Britannica and then one from Teen Vogue. Teen Revolution. Teen Vogue, man. They're just, I love them. Yeah. You go, Teen Vogue. So Encyclopedia Britannica says, quote, Capitalism, also called free market economy or free enterprise economy, is an economic system in which most means of production are privately owned and production is guided and income distributed largely through the operation of markets. Mm-hmm. Boring. Yeah, so Teen Vogue has Teen a Vogue. simpler definition. Lay it down for me, baby. They explain it as, quote, an economic system in which a country's trade, industry, and profits are controlled by private companies instead of by the people whose time and labor powers those companies. You go, Teen Vogue! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the takeaway here, (laughs) damn fucking right. So the takeaway here is that companies seek a profit motive. Yeah. Like that is the guiding force of capitalism is profit. 100%. So in theory, self-interest is supposed to keep it balanced. So there's innovation and growth. Right. Because it's in the best interest to sell your product and it's in the best interest to sell a good product, like this type of thing. Right. However, as French economist, oh, I should have looked up this name. I was like, how do I say this one? And then I was like, this French economist name I can totally say. You were ready, though. You got this. Uh, well, it looks like, to me, an Ohioan, Thomas Piketty. It might be Thomas Piketty. <laughs> no, that's Italian. <laughs> Piketty? It's probably Thomas Piketty. I don't know. <laughs> so many different ones. <laughs> it looks like Thomas, then P-I-K-E-T-T-Y. Piketty. Kind of the faintest how to say it. I took Bigata. French for four years and instead Bigata. said it in Italian Bigata. accent. Like well, baguette, okay. In but baguette. 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 So in French, every syllable has equal emphasis instead of um, like yeah. English where you emphasize a specific right. syllable. You look like you hate this. <laughs> no, I'm, okay. I'm trying to like picture it in my head. Sorry. Yeah. 
So, like we say, Renaissance. And right. so the accent is on the Renaissance. first. Renaissance. Renaissance. Where each one would have equal emphasis. And so, like, if you're trying to Frenchify a word, that's the easiest way to do it if you're a Give me American. another one. Frenchify another word so I can try and say it. Oh, my God. Um... Gremlin. <laughs> Gremlin. <laughs> French by Gremlin. Gremlin. Uh, pomplemousse. Pomplemousse. Yeah, instead of oh. pomplemousse, it's pomplemousse. Pomplemousse. Oh, this is fun. I'm yeah. having a great time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so anyway, I have no idea how to say his name. I can only Pique. guess. I can <laughs> only guess incorrectly. <laughs> I could look it up. I didn't. I'm going to cut out all the times I try to say piquet. Piquet. <laughs> as I do it four more times. So as he points out, or they, as this person points out in their book, (laughs) capital in the 21st century, wealth accumulation by the rich easily surpasses actual economic growth. They're like, he had this brilliant equation and it's R is greater than G. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That's amazing. Uh Uh-huh. Or maybe it's W and G, but basically it is one letter is greater than another letter. Yeah. And it's just that the rate of wealth accumulation is just higher than economic growth because those with inherited wealth get wealthier and those that were not born with that privilege have a very low likelihood of upward mobility. Oy. And if we look at the rates of intergenerational upward mobility, which is a very long way of saying you make more money and have a better station in society than your parents or the folks that raised you. Right. Upward mobility has decreased significantly since the 80s. And if you look at other high-income countries, we rank abysmally in terms of upward mobility and also have a staggering wealth gap. I can put videos explaining the wealth gap in the show notes, extended show notes. Uh, And it was something that I would show to my students to be like, there's this really cool video that's like, what do you think is like the average distribution of wealth? And so they asked like people on the street. And so people would like chart out, like, I think 20% own this, 20% own this. And so they would usually draw like a bell curve or something, a normal distribution Oh, no. It's horrific. So most people know that we have an extreme wealth gap, but they don't know the extent of it. Right. And so to say, like, we have uh, a staggering wealth gap isn't enough. Yeah. It is truly mind-bendingly wild. Anyway. Thanks, Aruni. Suffice it to say, the rosy picture of economic growth and consumer in the 80s that we talked about in Poltergeist right. is very much not reflective of the economic reality we face currently. Yeah. And this is not to say that it's just now gotten bad. No. That would be ridiculous. Labor <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Who would say that? <laughs> we would. We would. Labor rights, wages, and economic mobility have always been reprehensible for marginalized groups in the U.S. Black folks, indigenous folks, and more. I didn't start... Personally, I was not aware of the economy in a sociological way until like seven years ago. Oh, yeah. But it has always been a system inextricably tied with racism, extraction, and colonialism. Yeah. So it's not like in the 80s it got real bad for people. No, it's always been bad. Just <laughs> when it starts to be bad for white people, people start to pay attention. Anyway, that was supposed to be a really quick digression, and then I got angry. It happens. Um, but I thought it was important. To have that like very basic primer on the core of capitalism and right. some of the critiques of the system and ideology. Yeah. I mentioned earlier that Mrs. Deagle is the epitome of capitalist fetishizing. And this leads to the question, what and who is a capitalist? Mm-hmm. For that answer, I'm going to provide a direct quote in a two-part tweet from activist Brie Newsom Bass. This is the name. I watched videos. We don't and know if it's Bass or Bass. I don't know if it's Bass or Bass. It's B-A-S-S. Yeah, which and is they, so hard because it's either one. Yeah, and they all just said Brie Newsome. And I was like, well, I could say that part. It's like, I got it. I got no. it. Anyway, um, she is a really cool activist. She mm-hmm. tore down a Confederate flag at yeah. like the state legislature. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Follow her shit. 
so this is a two-part tweet. I don't know who needs to hear this, but you are not a capitalist. You are a salaried employee working in an industry owned by an actual capitalist. People keep confusing simple commerce, which has always existed with capitalism, a specific type of economy. Folks swear up and down they're capitalists and don't actually own anything. The people who have the power to repossess your belongings if you miss a payment are the true capitalist. You are a worker and a consumer trying to be in false class solidarity with billionaires. Oh, that last part was like, ooh. I bumped my mic. I got so aggressive. That last part's so good, though. Yeah. And so, like, that's just a tweet that, like, lives rent-free in my mind. <laughs> that's uh, like when they try to, like, raise taxes and bros who make, like, what, 30000 are like, no, don't. <laughs> and there's, it's like, bro. <laughs> I haven't read the, like, actual studies on this, but I've seen other people talk about them. Yeah. And so, like, this is not something that I'm saying, I know this 100% certainty, but a lot of the theories around why people have this weird sense of class solidarity with billionaires is because they believe that they might one day be rich. That's it. That's literally it, is that people are like, that could be me one day, so mm-hmm. I don't want to shit on them. No. I'm never going to be a billionaire. No. Because billionaires shouldn't fucking exist. They shouldn't exist. I can't believe Gremlins is bringing this out in me. <laughs> I already loved this movie, but this movie is just going to make more cap- like communists and like, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> you go, Gremlins. So... <laughs> Mrs. Deagle is the stereotypical person who loves capitalism because she's on top or because she believes it's within the realm of possibility to become extravagantly wealthy. God. She has cats with names of different world currencies. She outright says she exists to make money and she spouts off misinformation we've heard about poverty that it's like oh, a personal fault and not an outcome of social inequality. Like it's not a measure of a person, it's a measure of a society that poverty exists. Yeah. That's that on that. And then she gets launched out the window and presumably dies. <clears throat> so... <laughs> Amazing. This is the part of the movie where I jokingly said, ah, Gremlins is a scathing critique of capitalism. It's not truly a no. critique of capitalism. Oh and while we have Mr. Wing scolding the white family at the end because of their determination to extract what they wanted and damn the consequences, the overarching message is more of like the dangers of mindless consumerism. Right. If you're trying to attach a message around like, anything tangentially that... related to money. Yeah. <laughs> uh there's it's about possessing something because of the novelty and not caring about the impact on other people right so you have these characters that are basically walking caricatures of your racist neighbor and the mean rich lady and in many Mm -hmm. ways these outsized depictions let other people off the hook Mm -hmm. so like people could watch and say well i'm not racist because i don't say shit like that right and additionally this movie doesn't critique a system it critiques people yeah so most of the reviews i talked about or most of the reviews I read talked about the connection between consumerism and Christmas. And I think there's a lot of room for that perspective. So like, I definitely see like anti-capitalist moments in this movie, but I do not think it is actually a critique of capitalism. It just has its little moments. Definitely. And it's like, as someone that does not believe that capitalism is good for most people. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, mm -hmm. I look at it and like, yeah, eat the rich. Yeah. I love it. Down with Deagle. Like (laughs) down with Deagle. So those moments are like good for someone that hates capitalism. Right. But it's not like a rallying cry to the masses. I'm sure somebody would probably be like, oh no, Miss Deagle. (laughs) Oh no, the rich lady. Oh Oh, no. We're capitalists. (laughs) It's broken. broken. (laughs) I, I can't. I can't not do it. I can't, no. So, as we talked about in the Poltergeist episode, consumerism can refer to, quote, the theory that an increasing consumption of goods is economically desirable, or it can also be the, quote, societal preoccupation with and an inclination toward the buying of consumer goods. Yeah. This is where we get to Christmas. Oh, boy. Let's do it. Yeah. So, we are, by the numbers, the biggest spenders in the world when it comes to Christmas. Yikes. Okay. According to Gallup polls, Americans will, on average, spend $942 on Christmas this year. How oh much God. do you think we spend cumulatively? 
I don't want to know. One trillion. What trillion? Mm-hmm. Sorry, that just that just ripped my soul out of my body and then put it back in. Yeah. What? Uh, there's also a much sadder stat. So there's a breakdown. No. Like there's a country. There's a country they asked. There's a question that they ask and you like rate it on a Likert scale. Like yeah. disagree, strongly disagree, whatever. So of the people that were polled, a percentage answered agree or strongly agree to last year I went into debt to pay for Christmas. <gasps> highest one wasn't it well i don't have like they collapsed agree and strongly agree into oh, like okay yeah so uh u.s obviously comes first 22 percent. oh no that's over a fifth of americans said that the previous year this was a poll that the oh, article was in no. 2019 so 2018 yeah christmas no stop oh, christmas it's, <laughs> it's broken, broken. <laughs> oh shit Romania was in second at 19, and the UK clocked in at 17%. That's still too high. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. European nations, like, if you, I think the I aggregate of them was like 10%. Yeah. So it was like, if you averaged European right. nations, it was 10%. And so, like, the US led the pack, and then we were a lot higher than many we others. We the pack in a lot of bad things, don't we? Huh? Oh, yeah. Wealth That's and equality. It's always good to be first, US. <laughs> Maybe well, just real quick, number it down. one. Number one. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Gonna go ahead and grab Gizmo's wine. He's not drinking it. Nope. <laughs> Here, have some more. It's right there. Thank you so much, Giz. Uh-huh. So, consumerism and Christmas are an iconic duo in the US. Oh. And there are countless opinion pieces on why this fucking sucks. So, was Gremlin set as a Christmas movie or. Was Gremlins set at Christmas to interrogate rampant consumerism in America? Dante himself does say in an interview with the skinny, quote, What goes around comes around. Christmas has been commercialized for years, certainly in this country, and there are subtle messages, and sometimes not so subtle messages, in a lot of my movies. But yes, there is a certain anti-consumerism theme underlying Gremlins, which is more pronounced in the sequel. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The sequel is more of like a wild parody of... Oh, yeah. It's like a parody of the first movie itself, but then also everything else like yep. just boom boom it's it's like everything's fair game it's a wild ride i've read uh so if <sighs> we're asking is gremlins an anti-capitalist film my answer is no if the question is does gremlins mock american consumerism at the holidays then i say yes yeah absolutely and that is nerd corner oh that was so good thank you i didn't know which way it was gonna go but i'm so glad it went that way <laughs> that's that's beautiful stuff i really okay I'm going to pour more wine as I tell you what yeah, real the quick. ideas. Yeah. Um, one of my ideas mm-hmm. was in the spirit of it being a holiday month. Yeah. Was to write a satirical or like a faux serious piece on why this is a crime against children of the 80s and what Spielberg was trying to do. <laughs> and it was going to be a, a brutal analysis of Spielberg's ultimate intent to ruin children. <laughs> it is truly... A terrifying film for like, I'm not saying it's like the scariest movie, but I'm saying when you go into it with the mindset of like, oh, it's a PG little film about little monsters. No, it's fucking not. Mm -mm. I have in my notes, Steven Spielberg loves to ruin childhoods. It's his favorite pastime. It's his favorite pastime. Well, because he just produced this. Like he didn't direct it or do anything, but like still, he had a a big old hand in it. Um, Like the scene where Stripe is... Uh, boiling and decaying that is straight out of poltergeist i yeah i have mm, <laughs> many thoughts about this movie we're talking about horror now yeah oh yeah we're talking about let's horror. do it i've got notes i don't even know if i need them because i've seen this movie so many dang times but i will say i'll just say like some of my favorite stuff and then i'll get more into like my general notes mm-hmm. 
But my favorite part about this movie is that they kept it very holiday-esque. You mm-hmm. know, like, it is Christmas all the way through. Mm-hmm. It's not like, and I'm going to say this, and I'm sure someone's going to fucking come for me. I don't care. It's not like Die Hard where it's up in the air. Is that a Christmas movie? Is that not a Christmas movie? <laughs> this is a Christmas movie. You can tell because the lighting from the whole fucking movie is green and red. Yeah. In every single scene, much like when we watched, much like, much like when we watched um, American, American Werewolf in London, London, there is always something red mm-hmm. in every single scene and there's always something like green. Yeah. It, it's, it's a constant throughout. And I think it's such a cool idea to take that lighting and to make it terrifying. Because the green light corresponds to a lot of terrifying things in this. And then the red corresponds to like, the, the gremlin's eyes, like, you know, a big exit sign, fire, like the red that you're seeing throughout, it's just so scary. And the green is so scary, but they were like, but it's Christmas <laughs> and it's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and you get a lot of like dark, dark blues. You get a lot of like smoke as well. Mm. So they just took so many things that are like, oh, that's traditional holiday. And then just fucking made it scary. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> And I, I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain how much I love it because I love it too much. I think like, I just think it's so cool. Um, I'm trying to think of something specific. I guess I'll go to my notes. My first note is I love the intense red light and the green smoke. Christmas yeah. is spooky. Um, my second note is I love Gizmo and I would lay down my life for him. Yes. Um, also, oh my God, this is just not horror, but the, there's a moment where they're having like a snowball fight to really, they do a lot of things in the beginning to be like, it's Christmas. Get ready, baby. You get like that awesome voiceover moment from the dad. Yeah. That's very like sweet and like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to find a gift. And I'm trying to do all this and blah, blah, blah. Uh, then you get a snowball fight at the school. This kid fucking slams this little girl. Did yeah. you see that? And she just turns around and she's like, like oh, <laughs> And it's like, no, it's Dude, fight time. I'm like, she, he decked you. And she girl. even knew who it was before she turned around. Like, it was from behind. And she was like, Johnny. I would have been like, I'm going to punch that kid in the face. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like I already said, I, I think the lights are perfect. I think it's done super well. And it's so consistent. Like, this movie is very saturated. But it is very saturated in greens, reds, blues. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing. I mean, it, and, and obviously you get some shots in the daytime that are very, like, bright white because of the snow it's a very snowy scene throughout the whole thing but everything is still there's green there's christmas decorations they went hard on christmas and now i see why Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) um but i also think one of my favorite parts about this movie is the creature design Mm. which i know we have things to talk about we talked about this a tiny bit about how it has some issues racist caricatures yeah i'll get into that with qualms okay Um, it was about the design, like the clothing, the more the clothing the activities, then which I can, yeah, yeah, that I totally understand. Yeah. I will say, I just like the creature design itself because yeah. I love the continuity from Gizmo to Gremlin, mm-hmm. or like from Mogwai to Gremlin. Yeah, it is so perfect, I think, because it's not overdone, mm-hmm. but it you can see where like all the features carry over from Gizmo to the fucking scary ones. It's just so good. Like I can, ex- I can see how he turned into that without it being too drastic or not enough. Like I just think his character design is so good, yeah. <laughs> and I, I love the puppetry. I think the fact that they mixed marionettes with like automated creatures is so cool. 
Yeah. They had a range of gremlins where you never thought, oh, they used the same one seven times. Right. But they were still very clearly of the same species. 100%. But they still had all of their own unique, like, variations. Every gremlin had personality. And I think that that doesn't only speak to the design, but I think that speaks to the puppeteers, too. Because, like, it's got to be tough. I really, I just have so much like admiration for puppeteers mm-hmm. because the emotion they put into movement is, is wild. It's to incredible. Me. I will always be impressed with puppeteers and like same with animators. Mm-hmm. Like animators do not get the respect they deserve 100%. They do so much work and I think puppeteers are similar yeah. in the fact that like if it weren't for them and creature design as well, like this whole movie relied on that and if it was shit, this movie would have been shit. So yeah. I I think that it's such a I don't know. I think the design of the creature carries this movie because if it was too much, it would be, it would feel too fake. Like not, not that this movie's real, but do you know what I'm trying to say? Like it would feel way overdone. Yeah. Kind of cheesy. Yeah. And where it would go over the edge of yeah. an acceptable level of Whereas, ridiculousness. Like, it's almost a little believable because like Gizmo looks like a creature that could exist. I mean, he kind of looks like a cat. He kind of looks like it. I don't know what he is. The but platypus he, exists. Mogwai right? could. So like you look at Gizmo and you're like, yeah, like that thing could maybe exist. So then when you see the version of it that becomes the gremlin, it has to also be in some sort of uncanny valley of like, yeah. maybe. So they did a great job and they didn't go overboard, but they still made him fucking terrifying. I hate those little things. When they start caroling, to me, that was one of the most sinister things. That was actually one of my favorite moments as a kid. Ugh. I used to sing it. I'd be like, yeah! Like, oh my God. <laughs> I did not root for the gremlins as a kid, but I did <laughs> love them. Okay. <laughs> the fire in Nikki's eyes right now is something to behold. I hate to tell you this, but yeah, I do think a lot of them are cute. I... I knew this was gonna fucking happen I knew this was gonna happen I have a favorite one like I love them I think that they're scary definitely but there are moments where I'm like oh my gosh I want to grab them and give them a little hug (laughs) pinch their scaly little cheeks they're just there's something so I think I think what makes them so scary but also kind of cute is the human aspects of them because there is part of me that's like, oh my God, they're so intelligent. That's terrifying. But then there's part of me that's like, that one's wearing popcorn things on its ears. That's fucking funny. Like, <laughs> which is my favorite gremlin, by the way. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> I like to pause it on him every time and go, that's my boy. <laughs> I do it every time I watch it. He's my boy. Um, I, I think that that's also what makes this movie so good is that they are really human. Like, they pick up, it seems like they pick up on habits of the people they're watching and the people they're around, Mm -hmm. and they do it so fast that you're like, have they always known that? Like, what the fuck? And then, but it also makes them so funny. (laughs) They love Snow White. They love Snow White. They started singing along before the lyrics were revealed. Hi, ho. Like, (laughs) because like, okay, you get the seven dwarves that are marching in and singing hi, ho, hi, ho. And then the gremlins start singing, it's off to work, we go. And I was like, they haven't gotten there yet. Did you intuit that? I got mad. They're psychic little monsters. It was that moment where I was like, this is where the scientific uh, universe is frowning upon this movie. (laughs) This is where it's too much. Not Mm -hmm. real. Mm -hmm. I, but that's one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is like, what are they doing? They're watching Snow White. They love it. Like, (laughs) and they love it. He's so like confused. And I think it even takes Billy aback a little bit to be like, they're just having a great time. But that makes them so scary because they're so smart. I, uh, 
You're going to have to take the reins a little bit on this because I'm okay. too excited. I'm Something. Are you... Okay. I I jumped the gun. No, no go sentence. ahead. I'm just, I'm so pumped about Gremlins that I need to be reined in. Okay. So did you notice there were three movies within the movie, at least? There might have been more. Okay. The first one was It's a Wonderful Life. Right. And I think the second one was uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yet yeah, the horror movie that he's watching yeah. on in his room. Uh huh. Yes, it, I don't know if it's Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but I did notice that's it's what a movie. like one of the articles said. It looks like it. It I was mean, definitely a sci-fi horror film about right. people coming in and just like aliens from another and world fucking shit up. Yeah, and fucking shit up, and then Snow White. And so I don't know exactly what to do with Snow White aside from the whole like Disney, the Empire being consumerist oh, as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's a Wonderful Life. First of all, the mother was cutting onions and watching It's a Wonderful Life. How was she not sobbing? Like two things guaranteed to make you cry. looking at her going, what's wrong? She's like, no, it's a sad movie. And I'm like, if it is, cry. Yeah. <laughs> You're cutting cry. onions. You have an excuse. <laughs> it's I have, okay. I have seen It's a Wonderful Life precisely once, maybe. Yeah. I have seen all of the pieces. I may not have seen all of them in order. Also, I hate it. I've never seen it. I, I'm i sure someone's going to be like, I've never seen it. But to me, it doesn't look like something I would enjoy. No. To me, it is very sad. And yeah. it hurts my heart. And I know, I think it has a happy ending. It does. I mean, I like sad movies, but there's something about it that I'm like, I'm not so sure. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'll watch it and change my mind. But. Yeah. but anyway, part of the movie is that like capitalism hurts mm-hmm. people and crushes people. And so it's very much like how it impacts like this specific small right. town. And so you do see like when you see the range of the town, there are so many people that are struggling with money because like lot, Mrs. Yeah. Martin or something. I don't remember her name. She's like, hey, like I have two children yeah, and like we both got jobs, but our paychecks are delayed. And she was like, sucks to suck. Literally. She was like, bye. I don't care. Yeah. And so the kids evil. are like, we're hungry. And she's, she's like, like, me too. And so we my, have, my heart. yeah. And so that was like a direct tie to It's a Wonderful Life. And then the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, if that was the movie, think it was i'm pretty sure do you want me to go that's what it looked like jesus christ there's a ton yeah it's invasion of the body snatchers okay there's also the clark gable racing drama to please a lady uh, oh right yeah because yeah, gizmo's watching oh because that's how he gets the little car vroom, oh vroom. my god gizmo in his car when he was watching and he was mimicking the sounds of a car i almost stopped and ran away because like, i was like this is so cute i have to take some laps i how do you think i felt watching this my whole childhood kate I didn't get my sweet baby gizmo until like three years ago and it came in a little box that said like the rules on it and it said like fragile, careful, blah, blah. And I was like, it's my boy. My mom gave it to me on Christmas and she was just like, I can't wait any longer. You have to open this. And I opened it and I went, it's my boy. Like I lost my mind. Oh my God. (laughs) I just had to shake out all of my feelings. So cute. I dressed him as a sheet ghost this year for Halloween and it was so cute, you guys. It was very I have good. a problem. Um, <laughs> so they had a lot of uh, references to films, apparently. Oh, a ton. And so for these in particular, like two of them are very foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, so It's a Wonderful Life. I already talked about the capitalism thing. Right. And more than that, but that's but the that's, amount that I know. Yeah. Uh, and then Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where it's like, they're coming for your wife and your children and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, well, the gremlins are going to do that. They are, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then the Snow White thing. I don't, like, the foreshadowing doesn't really hold up at that point, but it is just kind of a... I think they just love it. They just fucking love it. Even tiny little monsters aren't immune to the monopoly that is Disney. They love it. They They love love it. it. Yeah, and I figured that those movies were chosen partially because of, like, um, they were old enough that they're, like, copyrighted inspired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that was something. 
Um, and then the like the gnarliness of Stripe decomposing yeah. rapidly <laughs> in the sunlight. Like when he lunges out of the water as a skeleton <sighs> and then he still bubbles to death. Dude. It Dude. was gnarly. I liked it a lot. It was <laughs> vile. And I was like, that is so fucking Spielberg. Remember the poltergeist scene with the yes. decaying face? Oh, it is 100% like, it It looks exactly like that moment where he's like ripping his own face off. Mm-hmm. He, he just loves to put a moment in where something melts. And mm-hmm. honestly, I respect it. I like the continuity. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to think. There was also a moment. Um, Gizmo reminds me of Noodle. Oh, he does. Every time I see a picture of an owl, I was like, that's Noodle. Oh my God. My cat is a, a mortal, as in yeah. he looks like everything. Yeah, he's omnipresent. He is. He's everything. Um, oh, I was trying to think. There was a moment that did actually like, it like frightens me, but also I find it interesting. And I can't remember what it is. Let me go back to my notes. Yeah. This I was be mess, but... trying to think mm-hmm. of like, what's the scariest scene for me? And I was like, literally any scene where Gizmo's in danger of harm coming to him. That, but I 100%. do actually have a scariest moment. Oh, um, I have a scariest moment as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that like our first taste in like that this will be a sort of body horror thing mm. is when Gizmo gets like wet for the first yeah, time. And he's in so much pain. He's in so much pain. And I think that's when you get your first like, this is not going to be cute for much longer. Uh, it's it's so upsetting and I think like giving all of the other gremlins their own little like personality but they still look just as cute as Giz is so upsetting because you're like aww and then they're just assholes do you know when I I can't think about it without getting pissed when he's playing his little trumpet and he's like boop 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 under the tree and they spit at him and then he sadly puts his trumpet down I can't think about that without being like I'm going to destroy everything. <laughs> Do you remember that part? I... There's... Uh, we'll get a gif of it. A gif. Sorry, don't roast me. We'll get a gif of it and we'll put it yeah. on the... It is... I do need to watch at this moment, though. Please. Gremlins he's playing his little trumpet and he's under the trumpet. tree. Anytime he sings, I lose my fucking shit. <laughs> he's so cute. <sighs> the moment where he's crawling on his stomach across the floor, that ruined me i freaked out i typed in all caps i really lost my absolute shit <laughs> i'm so glad i thought maybe i was just a freak for thinking giz was that cute yes i call him giz we're like friends oh and he sadly puts his trumpet down kate looks so sad i told you isn't that the worst moment <laughs> kate's crying <laughs> i told you I, that's burned in my memory. As a child, I lost my mind because he's so happy about his trumpet. And he's just like, listen, I multiplied. These guys are assholes, but it's fine. I'm happy. I've got Billy. And then he's just playing his trumpet and he spit on him. And he's like, my trumpet. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that moment and I saw them spit. And I was like, that's gross. He just spat on the floor. That's rude. I didn't know my boy. They spit on my boy. And he's just trying to play his little trumpet. He's pumped about it. But I think that that... That took my fucking heart. I know. Heart. To get out of heartbreak, I think that uh, that really does add to the horror is that they are mean for no reason. Yeah, they're spiteful. They're spiteful for nothing. Like, And I think because they're so different from Giz and it's so... I keep calling him Giz. I can't. We're old buds. But it's just so frightening to me how intelligent they are. I think that's what carries the whole 
the whole aspect of horror throughout the movie is that they are smart. Yeah. But that also carries your comedy. So they did a good job, I think, of really balancing, keeping them so smart that it's unsettling, but also giving them moments of being like, they're like little people. Like, (laughs) like when they carol, to me, that's hilarious. To you, absolutely terrifying. Sinister. But I think that's the the best thing that you can get. That's the best thing you want out of a horror movie that's also funny. It's like, yeah. someone's going to find this moment hilarious. Someone's going to find it terrifying. I don't care which one it is, as long as everyone's feeling one of them at some point. Oh, I like, like, saw the humor, but I was also like, oh, yeah. this is terrifying. Yeah. And like, one of the scariest moments for me, but also funniest, like I laughed, but I was like, if that happened, I'd lose my mind, is when um the cops are driving around being shitty i want to go back to the station station. but when they're in the car and they see the gremlins finally and they're like that guy whoever it is is just getting attacked yeah and there's nothing this person can do they're just getting attacked by gremlins and the guys are just like oh i don't i don't know what to do what's happening and they just roll up their window and leave because i'm like what do you do i mean they're also shitty cops like what do they do but yeah like that's terrifying if something like this happened in your town what do you do you just they can't get wet either. And that's like, there's snow everywhere. Snow melts. That I had a lot of issues with that where I was like, they're walking on snow. Those things are multiplying. What if they're cold blooded and <gasps> so the snow doesn't melt the snow when doesn't I touch melt. it? Yeah. And don't worry, I'm here for the science facts Sorry, to make I sure that everyone's sure. still believable. Good, good, good. Because I didn't understand the science facts. Um, but yeah, I think to, to wrap up basically because all my notes are pretty similar and a lot of them are talking about how cute that I think Gizmo is I, I think that what makes the movie so scary is fighting an enemy that like you know nothing about but that has is so smart and yeah. is acting like a human but with like with an absolute frightening appearance and yeah. also like they're really <sighs> fucking fast and have dagger like hands that's too. it They've got, like, built-in weapons, but they're smart, like, people, but they also have, like, this weird human nature about them that makes them, I don't know, weird. They yeah. make the, It's just weird. They're not, like, a monster. They're watching Snow White. They're loving it. Like, that's, there's something creepy about that to me. There's something <laughs> monstrous about loving Snow White. There's something monster. If you like Snow White, don't mm. come near me. I'm scared Monster. Of you. I actually don't know anything about it. I don't really care, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, I prefer Pocahontas. What? Sorry. I do. The music's so really sorry. good. No, it is. The I just, story's terrible. I yes, know. I'm sorry. I had a moment because I I really don't like Disney movies that much. Yeah. And I really, really don't like Disney princess movies. And then I especially hate Pocahontas because it's oh. so white. Oh, it's horrible. And But the music. The music's like slaps. Banger. Yeah. Like, listen... I don't want to get into the story of it because it's fucked up. Yeah. But that music's fucking good. And also when that one guy goes, these white men are dangerous, that's iconic and hilarious. Yes. <laughs> because, yeah. <laughs> he never, true words never spoken. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, as a child, banger. No, I get it. Yeah. I just had like a visceral reaction. You looked at me with like pure hatred. I was like, listen, I can explain it myself. For you. It's Colors of the Wind is really good. <laughs> like, listen, I know, I know it's bad. <laughs> but if I had to choose between watching Snow White and watching Pocahontas, I'd choose Pocahontas. I'd choose Tangled. I also just had a crush on Pocahontas, for I mean, being honest. Wouldn't... I mean, she's very pretty. Obviously. <laughs> and Snow White, she's got her, she's pretty too. But, yeah. you know, I like a, I like a girl who jumps into a waterfall with mm. no. Just throws caution to the wind, you know? Reckless abandon. Ah, 
so brave. But we're not talking about her. We're talking about Grandma. Mm-hmm. Move on. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Move on, Kate. Stop talking about it. Oh, my God. You're embarrassing me. I did. I, I went off the handle. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, but that that's those are my notes. I, I, okay. I think that, that it's a scary movie, but I think that what makes it scary also makes it really funny. <laughs> yes. The, the human aspect of these creatures yeah. is great. The design is amazing. And the lighting... And the music uh-huh. adds such a cool, sinister quality to Christmas. Yeah. It is Christmas throughout the whole thing, but it is also sinister throughout mm-hmm. most of it. And they play that, like, really haunting version of Silent Night. I lost... I wrote it in my notes. I lost my shit. It's good, man. Like, it's already... A lot of Christmas songs are haunting. You know? A lot of them are kind of eerie. Mm. But when you use them in just the right way... Damn, that's good shit. <laughs> like, I loved it. I want to say my favorite part, like, this isn't, like, a segment, but it is part of the horror, is the mom doesn't waste time. She just oh, goes straight that's... into, like, she's icing gingerbread cookies. She's and she picks ready. up a dagger. And it's like, oh, of course you need that sharp of a knife to ice those cookies. But she, like, she's like, just fucking ready. around. Like, she doesn't, she puts one in a blender. And then from there, she's just like, okay, I know my mission, I'm going to go. Like, she doesn't pause and I respect the shit out of that it's one of the most realistic moments in this movie because like if something came into my house like that I wouldn't hide or maybe I would but like I wouldn't waste time being like I have to figure out what's happening I'd be or like oh, this can't be fucking. real right I'd be like we're doing this yeah she does it so quick she takes out three so fast and one of this is not my scariest moment but one of my favorite moments is uh, the tree. Yeah. Because again, you're taking something that people love so much and is so like, oh, I love to decorate it. It's so trusted. Like you go near the tree and you're like, I feel so at home. And then this fucking thing launches itself and that tree attacks you. Oh, they just did such a good job of turning Christmas into something so sinister, which a lot of movies have done before. Yeah. I'm not going to say this is the first one, obviously, but just the way they did it was great. It, it's, it's a really pretty movie. I love yeah. the lighting. I think it's really, really pretty. Mm. Because it's not overly Christmas either. So like I said in the beginning, you have the green and the red lights. And even though, yeah, you see it and you're like, oh, Christmas. They don't use them together necessarily. Mm -hmm. They're very subtle. Like the red light is coming from an exit sign. Your green light is coming from the smoke within the the fountain. It's not like they're putting them together purposefully. It's not coming from Christmas lights. It's just there. So it's not National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Exactly. <laughs> like, it's not, yeah, it's not intentionally Christmas, but it's Christmas. Like, yeah. I just love it. I think it's really cool. So, okay. yeah. Are you ready for qualms? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. And let me just say, I love this movie a lot, mm-hmm. but I know it has qualms. Oh, yeah. Just so we're just so we're clear. Like, and that's I, a given for... Yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure everyone knows. And I'm like, just because I love this movie with all my heart and soul does not mean that I'm like, it's perfect. <laughs> you know, you can love something and still critique it and say Which there we are talked about. Moments. Yeah. I just want to make sure. Yes. I'm like, just so everyone knows. Yeah. It's got issues. <laughs> so this is something that I, as a white person, did not pick up on at all. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the point. Because you told me about this a little yeah. bit. And I didn't either. And so it was something I was reading through the Wikipedia. And I did, like, get actual sources after that. But sometimes right. I use the Wikipedia as, like, a starting point. You because you can find all the articles from there. Yeah. And yeah. you can also see, like, a summary of, like, reception, right. criticism. That's where I get a lot of my notes on, like, how they made the movie. Yeah. yeah. So you can get a lot of stuff from that. And one of them was, like, controversies. And I was like, oh, it's probably about the violence in it. And part of it was. But it then is. it was, like, racial controversies. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and I was very surprised, which is just, you know, again, how, like, whiteness is centered. It, it speaks to, like, yeah, yeah, how you, like, don't realize it until yeah. it's 
right there in your face. <laughs> yeah. And there's not a ton. Like, when I was Googling it, I mostly found threads of people talking about how the people that criticized it are wrong. But go figure, most of those people have American flags in their profile oh, picture. Oh, God. So I'm not, I don't use those Listen, you can love gremlins and know that it. Yeah. So, just to get to it, uh, one of the critiques is from Patricia Turner, and this quote is from Real Blacks, colon, Blacks in Disguise, and it's real R-E-E-L. Okay. So, it's about um, racist caricatures in non-human creatures. So, the other one was Audrey Two in Little Shop of Horrors. Yep. 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 (laughs) I can see that. Yeah. Uh, So, this is a direct quote. When Gizmo is mistreated, he also spawns countless offspring. It is these malevolent offspring that are the most destructive and that reflect negative Afro-American stereotypes. Not long after their unexpected birth, the gremlins are eating fried chicken with their hands. The first target is a woman of the house, this quintessential kind mother, and they are soon pursuing the hero's girlfriend to Dory's tavern. In some unexplained way, some of them have managed to acquire shades and caps that cover their eyes. Cigarettes droop from the corners of their mouths, they cannot get enough to drink, they love music and can even break dance. And so people get into like the clothing that some of them wear in the bar right. scene. The, like, mannerisms are very stereotypical, like, the negative stereotypes about right. the black community. Yeah. And so I don't have any knowledge of intention, but even if they weren't, like, oh, we're going to, like, subliminally put that, right. it's still informed by the culture we live in. Exactly. And so, like, they were, like, oh, these are shady characters. Not even thinking, I'm going to pull all the negative stereotypes of the black community that's right. incredibly marginalized and it's so like, much Even if that's happens. not your intent, if that's how it's being viewed. Yeah. That's it. You can't, you and, can't dismiss somebody's. And then there's yeah. another one, and this was a really cool article. Um, I need to find the citation. I wrote the citation, but in different notes. But yeah. this was an article by Wendy Allison Lee in Public mm-hmm. Books. It's from 2019, and she talks about um, the like, fan, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the way that we cover the quote-unquote model minority in film and in gremlins and the way it's pitted against other marginalized communities and also, like, okay, she does a really great job of talking about it. I just have a few quotes. Um, So I'm just going to do a direct quote. Sorry, I was like, (laughs) maybe I'll just pull pick parts. No, I want their (laughs) words. (laughs) Okay, so for example, thanks to a character's monologue in the 2014 film Tear White People, most people now know that gremlins can be viewed as actually being about suburban white fear of black culture. An attempt to describe the antics of the monsters who overrun the town reads like a litany of negative stereotypes about African Americans. The gremlins devour fried chicken, are loud and unruly in public, threaten the safety of white women, and, in a nod to specifically 1980s stereotypes, use a ghetto blaster boombox and breakdance. Yet, before they morph into grotesque black caricatures, the gremlins are Asian, or to be more precise, Asian American. The first gremlin, a model other, that inadvertently spawns its monstrous wicked peers is a small furry creature, a member of a mythical species initially called in the film Magwai, but later uniformly labeled gremlins, that was procured in a stereotypical Chinatown shop. Given to a young man named Billy Pelser's Christmas present by Billy's father, Rand, this model gremlin does not object to be giving, to be given a more Amer- to being given a more American name. In fact, when Billy asked Rand if the creature has a name, Rand responds, Magwai, I don't know, some Chinese word. I just yeah. call him Gizmo. He seems to like it. And then later in the article, what would it mean to think about Gremlins as a film that has much to say about popular conceptions of Asians Americans? A film whose monsters reveal white America's ambivalence about Asian Americans as the supposedly model minority. Yeah. And it was it's a really fascinating read. Yeah. Because they talk about Gizmo as being like this pure 
I will, I am the foreign other, but I will also like I'm okay. effortlessly in like assimilating yeah, to your assimilate. culture. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like he watches race car movies and he chills in bed and he watches TV. He's totally okay with his new name. Like he loves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, there's obviously all of the bullshit that, you know, going to the Chinatown shop and he calls it like some junk shop. And then oh, yeah. the like fetishizing of Asian cultures. Yeah, that's and the way very it's obvious. Reduced like, to this weird mysticism that's like so othered. It's yeah. fucked up. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I. Uh, I really want... I'm just going to link the article because it's a really good one. Yeah. But there's no way I could do it justice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought it was really interesting that That they say that we obviously knew from, like, the first five minutes, okay, the way that they depict, like, people of Asian descent... Is already fucked up. Definitely. And then I never noticed. I didn't either, but... That's, again, that's, I mean, that speaks to my privilege of being like, I don't know, I didn't notice, yeah. but now that you say it, I'm like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think that it's 100% worse in the second one. Ooh, boy. I think that, um, I, I mean, I'm not going to say for sure, just because, like, I haven't seen it in so long, but as I recall, the gremlins are given even more personality and more humanized, like, characteristics, mm. And as I recall, they're probably a little rough. Mm. So okay, okay, okay. I can't imagine that it gets better. So I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm just yeah. interested to watch the second yeah. one now. And even this one with that in mind. And yeah. just really pay attention. Because a lot of times, you know, like I said when I was talking about it earlier, I get excited about certain gremlins. Like the one with the popcorn bags on his ears. But that's... I pay attention to that one. Yeah. And then I don't take in the rest. Like, I don't remember the boombox one. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. Just means that I didn't notice it because I'm privileged. (laughs) But yeah, I'm intrigued now to see the second one um, again and watch it. Because while it is funny, I can't imagine that the caricatures that they create with the gremlins are good. Like, (laughs) uh, especially because it is more, it's humorous. Like, it is supposed to be more humorous and it's supposed to be more of a joke about the first one. I can't... It's like... I just... I don't... I haven't seen the second one. Right. But I know that it's supposed to be like balls to the wall satire it type. Is. It's basically it's making gonzo. fun of the movie itself. Yeah. It's making fun of like cultures. It's making fun of like everything. It's very aware of itself. Yeah. And it, so many yeah. times white directors are like, I can make fun of all of us together. So I'm yeah. going to make fun of like how badly we handled this racial thing. And exactly. Then it's just <laughs> so like, even if they didn't know that what they did in the first one was racially insensitive. If they didn't know, especially, they probably just ramped it up and made it worse. So yeah. even though I haven't seen it, I, I, I can imagine it's probably a little bit uh, worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd be intrigued to watch it and, and yeah. kind of see with that in mind. Interesting. Yeah. And again, good, this... Good qualms. I mean, yeah. not good, but I yeah. mean like good things to notice. And again, as you said, this isn't to say like, oh my God, if you like gremlins, you're a bad person. That's not at all. Y'all it's listen, like, I still love gremlins. No. Like I... It's my childhood movie. I yeah. love it very much. Still fucked up. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's just how it goes. Yeah. I'm still going to carry around my little uh, gizmo toy and yeah. love him dearly. As He's, look at him. He's just, oh, oh come on. Oh, good. I just, <laughs> okay. I can't get too distracted. That's fine. Do you have a scariest moment? I do. Okay. I'll let you go first because I have like two kind of bouncing around did your computer just do a full sigh it did do a full sigh your computer it was, was like, like from its chest oh you're not done <laughs> it's like this bitch has more uh my scariest moment is the pool scene when oh, yeah. stripe jumps in the pool and it starts boiling 
and smoking and it's all different colors and you hear and you don't see him replicating but you know what's happening and the lighting in it was wild the smoke effect wild the boiling water scares me shitless it's terrifying and i just like the way they run out i was like yeah there's nothing you can do you have to just go you're right oh because like the boiling water what are you gonna do you can't jump in you can't grab him you can't do anything i was like the most you could try to do is electrocute the water but even that i don't think is a good track record as we saw with it follows it right and it'd be too late i it'd mean be too late it's them and also done. it appears they like electricity i don't think you could electrocute to, them. well you'll get to that in the second one <laughs> I can't I can't explain to you how wild the second one is. We should is. watch it. I would love to. I like I said, I have not watched it since I used to get it from Blockbuster every yeah. weekend. But I know it is wild. Yeah. You want to see an electricity gremlin? Baby. Oh god. <laughs> there is one made out of pure electricity. Do you want to see a spider gremlin? No. Well, yes. you will. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Um yeah, I think that that is a very good scary moment. Thank I you. think it's amazing. I think their smoke effects in this movie mm. are used so well because it's um, both used like a lot in like not sparingly, like when they do the pool scene, but then there are moments where it's kind of sparing and they do yeah. just to create an atmosphere. So I think that was really neat. Um, I think my scariest moment is kind of a cliche one, and I don't care. It is when uh, Stripe melts. It's fucking scary. It's really cool. I I think that it's it takes such a drastic turn too because like you've had a little bit of body horror with like Gizmo multiplying, Stripe multiplying in the pool. Um, you get a few moments of like you know the microwave, the blender, but they're all kind of enclosed, so it's very yeah. it feels like very separated from you. And you mostly see it through like the effects not the actual degradation of the body you see like the splattered blood you see the microwave like be obscured you don't see the flesh melting from the bones it's very contained in every single aspect of those deaths so like the the microwave it's in the microwave yeah it's not gonna get to you in the blender it's in the blender and then when he dies i mean you have to watch it and it's like it could still you can get to you like it feels very like we caused this it's in our face like it's very gross it's um he pops out of the water and it feels like things just aren't done. It, it feels very not separated like the other ones. Like yeah. it's, it's slow. The other ones are very fast. So I think this is like the worst death of the whole movie, but it's also one that you've like been gunning for. So it feels very weird and upsetting. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, ew, did he deserve that? I think maybe like it feels very weird. Um, this has to be a very complicated movie for people who obviously don't like animal deaths within a movie because, like, how do you feel about uh, this? I mean, they're creating these horrible situations for all these people in this town, but they're not people. So, like, it feels... I, I, I yeah. can imagine I've had some friends who probably feel very iffy about this because huh. they're not real creatures. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I'd be intrigued huh. to ask my friends who, like... Like, we have a friend who, yeah. like, absolutely will not watch something that an Does animal dies die. And I'm like, does this count? How would they feel? Like, <laughs> I'm very intrigued. Mythical creatures. Because, like, Gizmo doesn't get hurt. and He feels the most, like, a pet in it. Yeah. But I don't know. I'd be intrigued. Speaking of, I did have one more little fact. Um, <gasps> yes. When HBO Family plays this movie, they only take out, for some reason, three scenes. Do you know which ones? <laughs> it's going to be the ones I least expect. Is it the bank vault? It's not the bank vault. Uh, 
Is it anything to do with the school? No, I, I feel like it's more obvious than you think. Okay, is it stripe melting? Stripe melting. Okay. Uh, is the blender? Yeah. The microwave? Yeah. Okay. So like, I was afraid it was going to be like, we kept in the gore, but we took out the it's ladies. It's pretty much just okay. three scenes of gremlins dying. Yeah. So like, those are the three most gruesome ones. So like, the knife one is off screen. It's kind of like, concealed enough that like, you don't yeah. necessarily see it. But blender, microwave. And then I think they do have to leave it a little bit of... Yeah, because otherwise spike, but uh, they always they have to leave a little bit of stripe because like, you have to know that he, he is dead. Dies. I think they might take out the jump scare. Oh yeah, but yeah, those are the three. Like HBO family is like, listen, this already is not going well for us. Let's just <laughs> so they take out three. Um, I was really wondering because there's a movie Blazing Saddles, yeah, and uh, in the like TV adaptation. They don't take out a lot of the really offensive shit. They take out the farts at the campfire. So it's like, (laughs) it's weird. The things that TV, like that cable, like can't show, but can show. It's absolutely buck wild. Yeah. It, I'm telling you, if you ever want to talk about just like, like the rules of how you can show movies at a movie theater, it is truly buck wild. And it has so many weird rules. And you know who has the weirdest ones? Disney. They have so many things of like, if you play this before the date of this blah, 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 we will shut down your theater. If you don't play this 12 times within this many weeks, we'll shut down your theater. Like there are a lot of bullshit things that they are like, well, do this, do this, do this, do this. And if they, you don't, they're like, we'll also pull these movies from you then. It's really weird. Mm. I think it's so cool when you think about cable and movies and how many rules they have. It's yeah. so weird, but including things that you can take out and things yeah. you can't take out. Yeah, it's like in American movies, you can have just like graphic violence, but you cannot have nipples. Don't and you like God dare forbid show me a the nipple. Penis. So it's like you can have certain types of nudity at certain levels. Right. Like female nudity is usually fine, but male nudity, excuse you me, there's show a vagina, here. but dear God, I see a dick and everyone's like, oh my God, this movie is so risque. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look how many tits are on screen. Are you kidding me? I just let people show their nipples. Who gives a shit? Okay. Show yeah. me a dick. Whatever. Ugh. <laughs> can you imagine if gremlins had more t- <laughs> just just more nips <laughs> there's that scene where the gremlin is wearing a trench coat and he like lasciviously he, exposes himself he's just he, a gremlin and most of them aren't wearing clothes can anyway Kate, you don't even know because in the second one one of them has so much cleavage oh my god Kate. oh my god <laughs> Is that yes. what we're doing after this? <laughs> I think we watch Gremlins too. I it takes a lot to watch Gremlins too. <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, that's that's my notes. That's okay. what I got. Um, I like this movie. Are we ready for tropes though? Yay. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I have never seen The Wizard of Oz. The first trope is, and your little dog, too. And your little dog, too. <laughs> I was doing my that best impression. That was a spot on impression in case. Thank you. I know you don't know, yeah. but it was. Okay. So don't worry about it. Cool, cool, cool. Danke. Yeah. Okay. So Mrs. Deagle's, like, establishing character moment, which is also a right. trope, involves her cutting in line at the bank. Rude. Rude. And also yelling about how she will violently murder i mean that's a that's redundant she how really she will graphically murder a dog she She's says like, put your dog in a spin cycle and i'm like bitch oh my god <laughs> and i i do the content warnings and so like i saw in advance like 
no dog dies, but he does get out. He's out in the cold. And I was like, oh, they put him outside and it's cold. The he is hung in tangled in lights outside in the winter. Yeah. I, anyway, she threatens to kill him. Just graphically. Graphically, because her Hungarian gnome, snowman or something yeah. is broken, whatever. So that was, when I saw that, I was like, oh, this really feels like it's Kick the Dog. Kick the Dog and In Your Little Dog too are very similar and yeah. related. But this is when the villain threatens or targets the innocent right. just to show how bad they are. And Kick yeah. the Dog's when they actually <laughs> kick oh, the dog. Oh, God. Yeah. She would if she could. <laughs> yeah, so they say that Kick the Dog is for a more active villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then we have uh, the one that we hate when it appears. Black dude dies first. Yeah. The first, like, confirmed death is the science teacher. Right. And it fucking sucks. Because it he sucks. is literally the only character of color. He is the only black character. He's also, when I was reading, like, my notes about, mm-hmm. like, who played who and who did the casting, he's one of the people that they were like, oh, we were really excited that we got him. Like, he was relatively a big name at the time. And I'm like... He fucking killed him first. And that's ridiculous. I I just, like, I love this movie. Don't get me wrong. I love this movie. But how cool would it be if, like, he lived and was, like, a partner to Billy to be like, I understand science. Let's figure this out. But no, they just kill him right away. And I understand you want, like, that shock factor. But, like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. And I read in the comments that, like, actually canonically no one dies in the movie. And that in the second movie, Kate says, like, good thing no one died. And everyone yeah. actually survived. I don't know if that's actually accurate. I just read it in a comment. Um, I would not be surprised. I think that does happen in the second. I think it's supposed to be like... Because you do never... You never you see never anybody see. die. Yeah. Um, so like... It's strongly implied that they're dead. Yeah. You never actually see them... Like, but you also see, like, dead. Billy never calls the police. Billy never does anything when he finds, like, the science teacher. He tries like, to, and then the gremlin he? scratches the shit out of his hand. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the fr- Billy Gives has... him immediately. And I'm like, Billy, try again. Like, my dude. Yeah. And Throw then he, another phone. And then this, I... He does not wash his hand. If you ever get scratched or bitten wash by an animal, hand. you wash that shit before wrapping it up. I worked at an animal shelter. You wash it. This is why I said Billy's not ready, okay? I meant it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and I, I, even as like when I was younger and saw that, I was like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yeah, so this trope is so common. Yeah, it's, unfortunately, but yeah. Yeah, and it's not just like emblematic of the time, but also our historical and ongoing disregard for black lives. Just continuous, yep. as we saw in the fucking Annabelle movie. Oh! Which, okay, Annabelle sucks, but let me just say, gremlins now they know how to make a stair chair scary yeah because they in, do in, yeah, in they annabelle do. they're like well we'll do it real slow and gremlins are like we're shooting that shit out the window yeah, gonna eat her real good there you go gremlins mm-hmm. they're showing you how to do it annabelle mm-hmm, take mm-hmm. notes oh love it but unfortunately you both did take notes on how to kill your your black characters yep why come on guys come on oi it's that. sad that like I know this is obvious, but it's really sad that this movie is from 84 and that movie's from like 20, what, 17, 18? And they both have yeah. the same like, it's oh, like 30 years apart. First. Like, yeah. come on. It's it's like barrier gaze. I'm not going to say that they're equivalent at all, but no. it's one of those that is just so common as just to be surprising when it doesn't so happen. So common. Where it's I'm, actually notable when the black character survives. These movies are so far apart and I'm honestly like, I'm not surprised. <laughs> no. God. Uh, so next trope, we have bungling inventor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Me, I was like, is this tied to the American dream? Maybe. Probably Maybe. not. 
But uh, this is a direct quote from tvtropes.org. Perhaps the strangest thing about the bungling inventor is that he is so bad at inventing that he occasionally accomplishes by accident (laughs) what the world's most competent inventor could not do on purpose. He may be trying to fix a television and inadvertently create a device which brings fictional characters to life. (laughs) Strangely, it never occurs to anyone that he's anything other than a failure. The fact that he's created a working time machine does not make up for the fact that he has totally failed to make a machine that produces toast. (laughs) It's true. And like one of the things I was like, okay, so we see all these failed inventions at the beginning. You know it's going to come back to be a killing machine. Obviously. So many of them do. And I was like, I'm not sure which one it is, but I know that this will be a murder weapon at some point. I also love the sword is a murder weapon. The one that falls off the door every single time. And they're like, and then the one time it doesn't fall is when he grabs it from the wall. It's a great, but I, yeah, I love that a lot of the bad inventions come back. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. great. And this is not related to tropes, but I really did love how much the family tried. It's very Because sweet. every time Billy goes up, he's like, I know this egg thing isn't going to work. It's not going like, to work. I want to try to make my father feel know. nice. Maybe this is the day that it will. And the way she watches that coffee she gets down on eye level with that coffee machine i was like babe that's dangerous i know <laughs> i love when the dad is like what's wrong with this <laughs> like he's like no what's wrong and he i know he knows yeah um one of my favorite moments in this whole movie is when billy uses the orange juice thing mm-hmm. and it shoots in his face and he just sits there and takes it and i'm like billy move your face you are getting pelted he's by like, orange juice i deserve this and he's like i'm sorry father like <laughs> <laughs> This might as well happen. This might as well. <laughs> Honestly, he really gave up. He put his face in the orange juice and he was like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Billy. But yes, it's very sweet. It's very like, I'm trying. <laughs> You're trying. We're all trying. My last trope. Yes. Technicolor death. Oh, yes. So this is when the big bad is finally uh-huh. defeated and their death is grandiose. Oh. Because there's explosions. Chef's there's a light show. Yeah. There's smoke. smoke. There's everything. So this is a direct quote. So the final battle is finally over. The big bad, a powerful personification from hell and or a homicidal robot from the future, has been struck a lethal blow and is now done for. How does Hollywood celebrate this climactic moment? Easy. By having a defeated foe then die in a spectacular fashion with lots of special effects and unusual things such as explosions, flashes, gradual disintegration, things melting, etc. And so it's not like... (laughs) It's just when this wild, unexplained, unimaginable shit happens yeah. because it's the big bad dying. So right. it has to be huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's technical it's, death. It's, I love when death scenes are so beautiful and then so gross. Like this one's so good. I, oh, I love it. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, There is a quote in um, the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine that I think about a lot about gremlins Uh, Where she says, they're talking about something about, like, liking bad boys and having, like, bad taste in men. And one of the characters, Rosa, just goes, whatever. Who didn't want to bang Stripe from Gremlins, okay? Rosa! (laughs) I lost my mind. That's not the exact quote, but she says something like, yeah, maybe I wanted to bang Stripe. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Incredible. Uh, the bad guy. No. <laughs> He's no. not hot in this situation. Like, listen, I'm all about a hot bad guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I still think they're cute. What's the bad it? guy in Anastasia? The least sexy oh, bad man ever. Rasputin. <laughs> I was not attracted to Rasputin. Rasputin. <laughs> 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 mm. I love being 
dead warlock. <laughs> I was like trying to think of what part of his name would be a cutie nickname. He's like Sputin. <laughs> I love my my little pute. <laughs> I love my rasp. <laughs> little tin tin. <laughs> Give me a little kiss, rasp. <laughs> rasp you. <laughs> put put. <laughs> a little spew spew. My nose is dripping. <laughs> I can't stop. A little pew pew. <laughs> we have to move on. <laughs> How are we gonna rate this movie? Pew pew. Oh my god. I rate this movie Rasputin's for a character that does not appear. He's not even in this. <laughs> I have one idea. Okay. Skeleton goop. <laughs> Skeleton goop is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had sad trumpets. Oh no, my sad heart. Trumpet. <laughs> That actually breaks my heart. It hurts, right? Uh, race car noises. Oh, little rooms. Um, big ears. <laughs> oh, fog machines. We have too much fog in terms of like our rating. Have history. we? Oh, we you're fog right. Juice. Oh my god, you're right. Uh huh. Who could forget? Um, I'm a fan of sad trumpets. Uh huh. <laughs> but listen, I'll I'll take any of them. I love them all. Uh, nasty chicken wings. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pupa stage. <laughs> Remember when they're like, he's changing like my mom? No. <laughs> it's gotta be pupa stages. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pupa stage. I don't know why that's getting me. Pupa stages really got me. <laughs> Stages. Okay. Are you ready? I know what you're gonna rate it. I've been ready since I was born. <laughs> Three, two, one. Go yeah. Five pupa stages. I mean. Yeah. Don't want to go first. Yeah. I, I. It's a five simply from nostalgia. Yeah. And how much I love this. It's valid as shit. I've watched this since I was little. I've loved this movie since I was little. People that I don't even talk to that often will send me gremlin-related things. Just because someone, one of my friends who lives in Chicago just sent me a movie time that just says Gremlins is playing. Do you want to visit? <laughs> like, I love Gremlins. It is, it's become part of my personality to mm-hmm. the point where like, if you see it, Nikki, I love it. It's, that's me and Clue. Yeah, right. Like, and I, yes, this movie has its qualms. I've grown up learning the qualms, yes. which is interesting. Like, it's interesting watching a movie when you're little and loving it so much and growing up and loving it still, but being like, come aware of something yeah like i've become aware um but i still love it and i think it's because you know it holds a lot of sentimental value for me um and because again i would do anything for gizmo Mm -hmm, i mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i wish that they were real i love them with all my heart i love mogwai i think they're so cute um that's it i just i just think and it is a really well done movie i think that they do Mm. horror and comedy super well and i think that making christmas so spooky but not hitting it too on the nose is really cool. Cause like, I know a lot of Christmas movies are like, Oh, what if we made Santa terrifying? But in this, they're like, it's very subtle where Christmas is not the focus of the horror, but it is a very strong aspect throughout the film. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. So I I love the lighting. I love it. I think it's, it's a strong argument for character five design too. Pupa stages. Five pupa stages for yeah. sure. I think the character design for the puppets and everything is really well done. Yeah. Continuity is great. 
my <laughs> four is due to like the things I talked about. Right. And, like I like this movie a lot. I'm not saying, yes. oh my god, it's awful. No. Uh, four pupa stages is a healthy. Yeah. Is a healthy. It's a healthy. It's a healthy. It's a healthy. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a healthy amount. I was like, I don't know. I mean, it, it is. is. <laughs> healthy, you know, four pupa stages. Yeah. It's totally normal. It's a part yeah. of growing up, okay? Your voice will change. It's okay if you have four pupa stages. Yeah. <laughs> Just because someone had three doesn't make them better than you. The queen is entering a new phase. It's I don't okay. know if you heard about it. <laughs> I still don't understand that. And at this point, I am too embarrassed <laughs> to ask. <laughs> what do they mean? You're no man. Like an age or like. Don't tell me. I'll figure it out later. It's not time for this. It's not time for this. So one of the things that I haven't talked about is the timing. Yeah. Because I got like an hour in, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, we're gonna hit the climax soon. I was like, oh, we have forty minutes left. Yeah. And there's like an extended amount of time where it's just havoc wrecked by oh, yep. gremlins, and I think a lot of that could be cut or shortened. Where it's 100%. like, I'm sure it's entertaining as hell. I got bored. Yeah. And so, like, at one point, I was texting people saying, like, I want to play Dying Light after this. Or, like, I'm going to get my booster shot tomorrow. Yeah. And so, like, I was distracted. And so then I was reading the Wikipedia later. And they're like, yeah, that bank vault scene's pretty fucked up. And I was like, I don't remember that. Because that's around when I checked out. It's, it's And then I came lot. back, obviously. Yeah. And, I mean, if you don't, like, and like I said, I grew up with it. So, like, when I zone out, I remember it from past watches. And I can be like, oh, I remember that part just because of this. Yeah. So, like, it's different. I'm sure that if I watch this right now with nothing, I would be like, this is long. Like, <laughs> but I've had years yeah. to watch it and learn every single scene that yeah. I don't have to pay attention. Because <laughs> I was like, how much else can they do? Like, they're already, like, they s- caused car accidents. They drove a snowplow into someone's home. Mm-hmm. They're just doing the same thing in different outfits now. It 100% is a repetitive, like, how much havoc can they, they do? Like, how much can we really show? Yeah. And uh, you're so right. Like, 100%, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah. one of the reasons that I give it four pupa stages. Yeah. But total, that's nine pupa stages. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just fun. It's more than the queen has. It's more than the queen has, but she's entering a new stage. We don't know how many she's gone through, I don't know how many she has left. I don't know how many. I'm scared. (laughs) What if she just becomes... We're worried for you. If you're listening, the queen. (laughs) If you are listening, the queen. Are are you okay? Do you need anything? Are you good? (laughs) I'm so worried, babe. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I... I love this movie. If you, you know, if you're looking for a movie that's not, like, horrifically scary, but still, like, really funny and it's just, it's just a wild ride. I highly recommend. It's also a movie that you can, like you said, you can text people. You can do something. You're not going to miss any, like, wild plot. Like, just watch it. Have a good time. Zone out. Watch it with friends. It's really Uh, fun with friends. Um Watch it on a first date if you're feeling wild. Um, and it's a really good filter for like, the, you know, saying, oh, no, second date. Got it. Did the relationship work out? You tell me. I'm very single. Um, <laughs> looking for, if you are listening to this and you're thinking, wow, I'd really love to watch Kremlins with a cute redhead. Hit me up. I'm mm-hmm, looking mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. a date. Um, <laughs> no, I I like it. It's fun. Watch yeah. with friends. It's a, it's a fun time. Pick yourself up a little Mogwai gremlin figurine. Let me just say the cutest thing. I will send Kate the pictures of Halloween where I dressed in a gizmo onesie and dressed us both up as sheet ghosts. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I made a tiny sheet ghost for my little gremlin. It was so cute. It was so It was ridiculously cute, cute y'all. I will send them to Kate so she can post on the website. It's ridiculous. The shower. Um, yeah. 
So that wraps up our discussion of the classic Christmas movie Gremlins. Yeah, I'm sorry for how unhinged I was. I tried to rein it in, but no, I just why love would Gremlins. You? Be your true self. I love in the beginning where I just rambled and then went, Kate, you have to stop me. Like <laughs> physically, I can't stop. Emotionally, I can't either. I couldn't put it into words. And I was like, I just no, I like yeah. it. Yeah, I get it. So that wraps it up. <laughs> Thank God. Excellent. If you enjoyed your time with us, if, unhinged if. or not, <laughs> we would really appreciate it if you'd rate and review to Apple Podcasts. Please. That helps other people find us. It helps us see like what you like about the show, what you want us to keep doing, that sort of shit. It's yeah, we nice really love it. It. Yeah. It, it, it's, it helps so much. It I know does. it seems like a really tedious thing to be like, oh, I don't want to go write a review, but it really helps a lot. Oh, it truly does. Like... Yeah, it's just nice. I remember so. before I had a podcast and I listened to eight hours of podcasts a day, I was always like, mm, right, I don't have Apple Podcasts. And right. now that I actually have a podcast, I was like, oh, I shit, understand. that is important. I 100% understand now yeah. why it's so important. Because at first I was like, oh, who cares? Like, whatever. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, that like makes a big, big difference. It makes a huge difference. So if yeah. you like our podcast and you want other people to like our podcast, rate and review. <laughs> and if you're like, I will not touch an Apple product with a 10-foot pole, tell a friend. Yeah, tell a friend. Not about the Apple thing, you can, but also tell them about the podcast. Yeah, tell them how much you hate Apple. I yeah, don't care what you tell your friends. Fun. But if you know someone who has Apple and you're like, you'd like this, yeah. you know, spread the word. Yeah, for sure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Cool With It, where yeah. every Wednesday we'll post a movie for the week yeah. and where you can stream it if it is streaming anywhere. Yeah. You can check out our extended show notes on our website, justcoolwithitpod.com. That's where I post all of my sources yeah. and also any pictures memes. that Nikki wants to send about her Halloween costumes <laughs> and then all the memes we reference. You could also take a look at our Patreon, patreon.com slash justcoolwithit. Do it. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons. Without this, it wouldn't be possible. Nope. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. It wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. Whoa. Are you okay? Whoa. She's entering another stage like the queen. <laughs> we would like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons. Yeah. Kim Kelly, Nihar Will, Rachel Kelsey, Sula Tim, Beth, Kayla, Meg, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, and Darby. At the start, I was like, I'm smiling too much to say these names. And I was no. concerned I wouldn't be able to say Every them. Every <laughs> time you say the names, I'm always like, she's not done yet. And I think that's amazing. Uh-huh. Um, join our Patreon. It's yeah. really fun. If you're not sure, if you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be a fun time. It's really fun. The yeah. Discord is a blast. We just post random shit. We have oh, a yeah. little pet chat where we post pictures of our pets. Um, and we do a really fun horror stream, which we are doing this Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so yesterday, when this comes out. <laughs> yeah, yesterday. But we do post the recording. Oh, you're right. Because we do post the Sunday. Whatever. But we are posting a little little game chat. Yeah. And I think it's fun. I know that as a person that listened to podcasts for years before I ever became a patron of one, uh, we do have tiers starting at $2 a month. Yeah. So, so even if you're just like, I'd love a little postcard. Yeah. And a little shout out on the I podcast. so many postcards. We have so many postcards. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, join the Patreon. The intro and outro music was created by Anthony Roxell, and the cover art is by our very own Nikki Solomon. Oh, that gremlin fan! <laughs> <laughs> Every day I have to think of something new to say, and it's really hard. <laughs> I feel like we need like a chant for Gizmo as Gizmo chugs his wine. Oh, I, I, I drank his wine, Kate. Oh, he my wasn't God. touching it. I'm I, sorry. Okay, I don't. Gizmo, 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 Oh my god, he drank it. That's oh amazing. Nobody can see. They can't tell me I'm wrong. Marvel of technology. Oh my god, he's drunk. <laughs>
want to struggle. Hold on. Here, my 